I want to welcome you to the AdCast. I have a special gentleman and a special, special guest with me. I know you guys hear me say that a lot, but I'm so excited to talk to this fella. His name is Mr. Sterling McKinley. He is a keynote speaker, an author, an instructor, a digital marketer, and a branding strategist. And he's got a really long resume. I don't think we have enough time to talk about here. But this is the AdCast. You're listening to the AdCast. There's three things that I tell people to focus on. That's your budget, your media, and your message. People gonna call it the truth. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. If you hustle, you never go hungry. Hustle and motivate. Hustle and motivate. That's why they follow me, huh? They think I know the way. You're listening to the AdCast. Mr. Sterling McKinley is on the line with us. Sterling, you're out in D.C., the D.C. area, right? Yes, I am. I, I can't tell you. I'm, I'm too excited to talk to you right now. I'm all pumped. Can you hear it? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can. I, I can see it as well. So, yeah, you know, I do a lot of these uh, podcast interviews every week. You know, I'm always just glad to connect with other marketers and kind of just talk about, you know, the world now and where we're at. You know, there's so many exciting things going on. So I think, you know, the more we have these conversations, you know, it benefits everybody. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in some interesting times uh, when it comes into marketing. I mean, uh, I think if you had asked both you or I, you know, if things would be the way they are today uh, in, in marketing in the COVID era, um, we would have thought someone was crazy if they had asked us that, you know, so there's some different things um, that we definitely have to do. So uh, I want to I want to dive in first into who is Sterling McKinley? Um, but first I want to kind of tell everyone that Mr. Sterling and his beautiful wife, they are expecting their first child. Uh, so uh, congratulations to you guys. And uh, I look forward to seeing the pictures come up online. <laughs> so who's Sterling McKinley? Great question. Uh, so I, I'll give you the, sh the short story. So I, I'm a guy who just always just love marketing and love the internet. You know, I go back to my Genesis when I'm back in college, back in uh, 2002, Mm -hmm. You know, um, at that time, there was no digital marketing training, no classes, no courses. But I just had this love for marketing and this love for Internet. So, you know, I taught myself, you know, kind of the basis of digital marketing. You know, at that time, there was a much. There was email. There was a website. You know, I taught myself that way. You know, I combined my training that I found online where I learned in class. You know, from there, I started my own company, mm -hmm. uh, actually, while I was still in college designing websites for family, friends, churches, nonprofits, you know, uh, from there I went on to graduate college and, you know, I wanted to go full time to my business, but you know, the money wasn't, wasn't right yet. Right. I, I had to get a job and, uh, you know, I saw your uh, LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Uh, I worked for, uh, for iHeartRadio. I was a radio executive selling advertising. Right, right. Yeah. Been there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a hard job, you know, when, when you earn commission. Wow. You know, I heard you intro every day. I'm hustling. That's the <laughs> <laughs> every day. You know what? Every when that when, when that song came out, I played it every day because it's like you know when you were in radio sales and and anyone who's yeah. done any kind of media sales, you know the cold call is everything. And back then, yeah, it yeah. was it was a it was a requirement, man. You know, you had right. to do it. So I played that song and I would just pump myself up before I go on any call, but any call, mm -hmm. but. Um, when I did it, when I was doing radio right. sales and TV sales, oh, I wow. made this, I made this goal that I had to touch 50 prospects a week, 50 right. a week. And it was just a numbers game on prospecting, you know, is what right. it was. But, um, 
you I'm glad you actually know exactly what that's like. So I want yeah. I want to ask you a question because it just seems like a lot of us who are doing what we do, we fell into running ad agencies and digital marketing agencies by accident, right? Exactly. Uh, me, I started out in the restaurant business, really. I used to open okay. uh, restaurants for a national chain, which taught me okay. the most important thing about business, which is people, you know? So how is right. it that we all seem, it seems like we all start by accident in this industry? Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, going back to my story, you know, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, that job was a blessing because, like you, I was forced to talk to people on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, when you have those business conversations, it's about everything. You know, they're talking about their kids, they're talking about, the, you know, their family, you know, everything else. And a lot of those people at that time were talking about they wanted a website. Yeah. They wanted to have those things. So, kind of like you, I kept hearing this over and over again. You know, I want a website. You know, at that time, Social media wasn't around yet, but people wanted a website. They wanted to know about email marketing. Yeah, my <laughs> exactly. They went, wanted to know about all these things. So, you know, I was like, wow, I have this passion, this desire. You know, because of my job, I'm talking to people every day about this stuff. You know, so after six months, I left my job. You know, I saved up about $3,000. I bought a, a laptop. Um, I had a one-bedroom apartment. I turned my uh, walk-in closet into an office. Um, and that's why I started. So yeah, it was by accident, but it was by just listening to the demand, listening to people. Yeah. Um, so that's really how I got started. You know what? Why does our stories almost sound just alike? I bought, <laughs> I bought a Craigslist desk for $150. Um, right. and, and listen to me dating. No one talks about Craigslist anymore. So I bought yeah. a, a desk from Craigslist. I went to Walmart and bought a Toshiba laptop. And that was my right. company. I pulled my logo from something online yep. I could just, you know, put together. But it's, I think it's, you know, it wasn't really schooling or anything else. It was just, you had this passion and desire to be able to do exactly. more. And then I had clients the same way, just like you. It was almost like when I was a radio and TV salesperson, my goal was just to sell the holes, sell the inventory. That's it. Right. right? Fill the holes. But then I had more people, they began to buy me just as much or if not more right. than they were buying the station. So it's like, okay, now I need to take this to another level. And it's like, how can I do this where they can really trust me, you know, so they can really trust right. me. And, and because the station was like only concerned with inventory. So then for you, it was McKinley media was born. Tell us about yeah. your company, McKinley media. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I started originally when I was back in, uh, back in college. You know, in my in my dorm room, just had to get something started. You know, from there, you know, I grew to uh, have clients, and you know, it started off r r really good. You know, I always joke that my first uh, four months in business, I made over fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. You know, at that time I was twenty four, fresh out of college. I mean, you couldn't tell me anything. Oh man, I know. You know, I know the feeling. And then I, I tell everybody, one day everything changed. You know, um, two thousand eight came, and you know, everything just went downhill. And, you know, I tell everybody, and I was scared to read the email. I was scared to pick up the phone because it was another client saying, hey, Sterling, we like you. You know, you do great work. Wow. You're a nice guy, but you got to pull our contract. And, you know, literally day after day, people just kept calling. Scared to answer the, the phone. Contract. Scared yeah. to answer the phone. Letting the voicemail just go off. Man. Exactly. Oh, man. I know all about it. I have a, a an interesting question. Um. You, myself, um, 
you know, and, and I want to get into your book and everything, binge worthy branding. I, I'm, I'm going to check it out and read it. And, uh, and, and I love us to be able to stay in touch afterwards. Um, there's not a lot of people like you and I in this industry. Right. And, and, and it's almost like, uh, we are the minority, meaning, you know, yeah. African-Americans, we are the minority. Um, yeah. when it comes, if you're comfortable talking about that, um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely. we are the minority in this industry. Right. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's a lot, of, a lot of reasons. I think it's just, um, you know, myself, I, I, a kid, I was tall, you know, I, I was six feet tall in seventh grade. So everybody said basketball, basketball, basketball. Yeah. So for so long, you know, everybody just tell me basketball. And then one day I got, you know, in the college, I mean, high school, I said, no, there's more to me that, you know, I, I, I can pursue business. So, yeah, I think one, I think a lot of people, they always tell us to go on certain career paths, you know, and we don't, you know, look at technology or digital space. So I think that's one. Uh, and then secondly, just the different barriers that are in place, you know, I mean, I'm sure at the same story, you know, I, I, my name's Sterling McKinley, doesn't sound black per se. So there's been so many times where I go into a, to a room for, uh, for, um, a conference meeting or oh, I'm surprised. I get on stage and people have to see that look like, Oh, that's you. <laughs> and oh, then you start talking and, and they start get it. So, and I, and I think too, you think about social media, you think about Mark Zuckerberg, all these young guys in hoodies, but you don't see, you know, guys, guys like us. So I think it comes down to just being seen more, you know, and, yeah. you know, telling people, Hey, this is a possibility. And, you know, of all the things out here, I think digital has the most room for growth within our community because everybody has a laptop. Everybody has a cell phone. It's like, how can you turn that thing into a business? Absolutely. Um, so once again, I think just people just have to know what's out there. And, you know, it's funny. If you look at the numbers, social media use, TV use, everything, we dominate those categories. But we consume that stuff. We don't create that stuff. So I think a lot of what it has to do with people like myself and, and you turning the table saying, hey, not only can we consume social media, but we start to create this stuff yeah. too. So. You know, that's the side that I'm on now. I'm on the side of creating things, you know, not being a consumer, but being more a creator. So I really think it's just exposure. I, I learning agree with about you. these things. I think there's also a, there's a fear as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I know, you know, we're, we're in Charleston, South Carolina here is where we are. And, and like for our, our team, we do stuff all across the country. And right. I, uh, I had a consultant and I'm going to shout him out and you should probably give him a look up. Uh, his name's Jason Swank. And one of the things before I started doing a lot of videos and being like the, the front person, I was so nervous about doing it. And Jason right. said to me, and I hope my guys will bleep this. He said, if they don't want to do business with you, F them is what he said. Yep. And <laughs> then, and, uh, and, and when pretty he much. said that, it was like, okay. And you know, and I pretty much just did the shoulder shrug and just like, you know what? It's, it's lights out time. But what, what I did mm -hmm. know was, um, I had to make sure that our company, our team was the most buttoned up team and company that yeah. you would come across. It's like right. we are on time. Uh, we deliver. We are. We have right. great people in the building, a great team, um, and we're going to deliver a fantastic product. We're going to do uh, great strategy and execution from beginning to end, from, conceptual, right. from, from concept to execution. Um, we're going to try and make sure it's flawless and we're hard on one another because, you know, being able to deliver, that's important to us. And, yeah. and I say that to say this is because 
you know, we're having that discussion now, but there are a lot of times where um, we would go after some business and, 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 or we would do an appearance and it doesn't seem like we are the fit, you know, or we're not right. what people are used to. So you have to impress them in some ways. You ever feel that? Um, say that one more time. You, 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 ever, you ever feel like you, you have to be, uh, uh, you have to impress people. You have to have a, such a great performance right. because, you know, yeah. we're, we're different. Yeah. You know I mean, we're, we're, we're exactly. not different. We're just not what people are used to because we are in such the minority right. in our field. Right. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I dealt with that for years. I mean, going to my speaking career, you know, um, I'm always rehearsing my speeches. You know, I'm looking deep into how people interact, receive information. You know, I want to make sure that, that I'm the best, even though with the way, way that I dress. Yeah. I used to get up on stage, you know, looking regular. But I said, no, I, I need to be the exception. I need to be that that person and that guy. So mm -hmm. um, I agree. And I, I think over time, I'm not trying to impress you when you're over now. Yeah. Because kind of what you said, if you like what you see, then then forget you. Yeah. You know, but you know, you would see me on my website, my pictures, my videos, everything. If you don't like this, you know, that's, that's too bad uh, uh, for you. Um, but you know, at this point, you know, I'm not even worried about the competition. A hundred percent. Whether that person is black or white or, or whatever. You know, I'm gonna try to be the best, the best me. Yeah. And you know, what I have and my gifts are different from your gifts. We don't compete. We can be in the same space, but in different lanes. Absolutely. So I think one thing that I've done for the last few years is really being comfortable with myself. You know, and really creating my own, my own path and my own niche. That's not necessarily better than yours, but it's different than, than what you do. And I think when you focus really on what you do well, yeah. you bring out all the things that make you you. Nobody, nobody's like you, you know, so like me speaking, you know, I've spoken in states across the world and they're not speaking like me, they dress like me, that sound like me, that, that joke and play and that relate like me. You know, I try just to be different, not competing with you, but right. really bring out all the things that make me unique. You know, I made a post uh, today on LinkedIn and, and I was saying that, you know, when I started out in business, everybody told me that I was too nice. That you gotta be tough. You gotta be yeah. mean. Everybody. Yeah, you so, have to be the bulldog. Yeah. So I was that for years and you know, it didn't work. Clients didn't like it and it didn't feel genuine. Because so it wasn't it, you. Yeah. So now, you know, I, yeah, I'm the guy, like you said, I'm, I'm buttoned up and I want to make sure you pay on time, all that stuff. But I have fun with my clients. We talk and we joke and we relate on a deeper level. And all the time that I was trying to be mean, I was ignoring my, my, my heart the side that connects with people. And since I started focusing on that, my career has just taken off. Wow. You can be the, the, there's no one that can be you better than you. Right. Yeah. And so, man, I want to move on to something different. I, I, I love that conversation, man. And, and a lot more we can, we can definitely keep, keep in touch and talk offline about it. I want to talk about the binge worthy yeah. branding. Let's talk about that book. I mean, uh, right. I, I'm starting to do a book right now and I know it takes okay. a lot of focus and that's hard for a fellow yeah. like me. So let's talk about the book. The, what, what is the book about? Give right. us, give us the synopsis of the book. Well, I think the title says it all binge worthy branding and thinking about binge worthy, you think about binge eating, you think about binge watching Netflix. So I think in now in this economy that your brand has to be binge worthy. You have to create an experience that's so intoxicating, that's so tight to your customers, mm -hmm. that they come back to you again and again. So in the book, I break down stories of Amazon, Netflix, and Starbucks. 
how they use AI, how they use data, to create experiences that are really intact in line with their customers. And that causes the customers to come back and back again. So really the book is saying, hey, you know, time is up for being a simple boilerplate template company. You have to really, you know, dig into your customers' you know, likes and desires and give them what they want. And when you give people what they want, they'll come back to you. So really, mm-hmm. it's just all about a new era. And I believe it's a new era of really a customer-focused business, really being all about your customer. You know, people always ask me, what's, what's next? How can I make more sales? And yeah, there's tactics, but at the end of the day, it comes back to knowing your customer. And, yeah. and I believe now the companies that are growing and are flourishing are the companies that are solely focused, you know, on their customers. Now, you know, I, in the beginning, we started talking about you in college and everything else, and you were talking about young Sterling, right? Um, <laughs> um, tell me if, if Sterling today could go back to Sterling in college or when you graduated or when you began to get this passion, what would you tell, what would Sterling today tell the Sterling of yesteryear? Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't tell him much. You know, I would just tell him to keep the faith and keep pushing because, you know, I can't say that I, I wish I hadn't done this or that. You know, I'm at a point now in my life, you know, I'm turning 30, uh, 38 in December, is the journey. And I learned so much through that. And if I change anything, you know, I wouldn't have been this. Yeah. So really just have to face, you know, and, and this person be just know that it all means something. And I think the biggest thing is that nothing is wasted. Everything you, you do, every call you, you make, every time you give them stage and speak, yeah, right away you might see the return, but you're making a, 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 a deposit yeah. in, in your future. And at some point, that thing is going to come back to you. So really just, just have the face and just, just be calm. You know, like I said earlier, just, just be you, stay in your lane and just know that if you keep pursuing your passion, that it's all going to come back to you. Well, what I want our audience to do is be calm, just like what you just said. Give that <laughs> advice and be calm because uh, I'm enjoying this. We're going to take a break and we'll come right back and we'll start diving into a little more discussions on branding and digital advertising. This is the AdCast. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative, change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting WeCraftCreative.com. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. All right, I want to welcome you back to the AdCast. I'm with my guest, Mr. Sterling McKinley. And, and uh, well, we had a nice little conversation in the beginning. It was almost like we were getting to know one another. You were uh, telling me one of the things I was surprised about, you said, like, I, you wouldn't advise young Sterling. You like the journey. And I think that's a good thing, too, because um, you wouldn't be the man who you are right now if you kind of helped him avoid all the pitfalls of life that we had to go through too. So let's get back to some, some of the branding uh, and advertising discussions, right? Right. Um, do you ever run across, I mean, like now it's almost like, you know, you have to believe or you have to have digital and marketing now, but was there a time or tell me about the time when people just said, Hey man, I don't believe in that digital advertising. I want to run my TV ads and I want to stick to that. Have, when's the last time you ran across that and how did you handle that? 
Yeah, um, I've heard a couple that less and less today, but, you know, early on in my career, that's all I heard. And, and you know, um, back in uh, 2011, uh, kind of in the last recession, you know, I saw a video of myself uh, yesterday, and I was saying the same thing, you know, invest in, you know, technology, invest in your website, social media, and, you know, people didn't do that. And I think about what we are right now. You know, nobody could have predicted that COVID would have happened. Uh, and that it would change everything and that we would be talking like this every day. Yeah. But one thing that we did know is that technology was changing everything, that customers were loving apps and technology and, you know, mobile was big and uh, uh, store to pick up was big and two out delivery was big. And I think a lot of companies really got comfortable and said, hey, we're going to do the things the way they do them. We've right. always done them. And right. you look at now, like there is a huge focus on digital. I mean, where would we be right now if there was no digital? Oh, man. If there was no digital marketing, oh, there was no apps, no websites. So We'd be in trouble. I think, once again, companies got, got lazy, complacent. You know, I think about, like, Blockbuster. The internet was there. They ignored it. And then guess what? Netflix came in and ran away. So mm-hmm. I believe we're in a phase now that the companies that were proactive, the companies that were investing in their customers and their future, are the companies that are still doing well. So, you know, there's still time for companies, but... You know, that thought of, hey, the internet doesn't work and social media, email are waste, those days are gone. And if you have that thought and that mindset, your company is going to fade away. Do, do you think they take social media more serious now? Um, yes and no. I think people take it more serious and they take it from the end of the Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Oh, people are coming at it like it's all about numbers, it's all about likes and shares. And I think they're missing the part about storytelling and about sharing. And, you know, our social media should be a part of a bigger uh, message and branding. It's just another extension of, of your, your digital marketing campaign. So I think people are taking it seriously, but still they're coming at more from numbers game versus on an engagement uh, game and more about building and telling a story. Yeah, I, I think people do play the numbers game when it comes to social media. And I hear it all the time. It's like likes and clicks. It doesn't matter if you got a hundred clicks or if you got 10 clicks, you need the right clicks, which right. is the problem or you need the right likes to something that's going to be uh, to, to something that's going to progress you forward. So it's not the numbers game, like, Oh, how many likes I can get. You need the right ones there. And I think right. it's like you, you hit the nail on the head where people are trying to quantify their social presence by how many likes they get or how many followers you have. You need the right ones. And I think the same can be said in social now and that can hopefully help people take it a lot more serious. Now, let's talk about your days as like a PPC manager. Do you think, like we talked about some of the social ends of things and how people are, some of them are now starting to take social serious or their brand serious. As a PPC manager, what were some of the difficulties that you had uh, coming up, did you find yourself educating clients a lot more? Um, yeah, I, I think a few things. Like I said, going back to a numbers game, people expect. Yeah, I feel like digital has this expectation that's really unfair. You know, they think that as soon as you digital, you should turn it on for a day. We have a thousand impressions right. and a million clicks and everything and a million streams. And you know, I, I would say you know, digital is different than other forms of media, but it's still kind of the same. It's a learning and growing process. So as an ad runs, you learn what keywords work, what doesn't. You learn what is the best price to bid on those ads. You learn what copy performs and what it doesn't. So 
I still think even with digital and even being in pay-per-click, mm-hmm. it's still a learning process. And I think people don't really understand that. They expect it to just hit a button and it just happens. But it still takes, you know, growing. It still takes time and you still have to learn from that. Um, and I, I would say, too, as I think people are really now are too reliant on boilerplate. People want to buy the perfect email template. They want to know the, the best time to post online. Mm-hmm. They want to know the right keyword to mm-hmm. buy. They want to just buy off the shelf. But life and digital market doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. Yes, there are things that we use. These are some of the standards. But you really have to still find out what's, what's for you, for, for your company, for your brand, your demographic. And then build those things, you know, back into your, your campaigns. And, you know, my book talks a lot about that. You know, it's kind of saying, hey, it's the end of standard, standard personas. Women 18 to 24 do this and that. Oh, my gosh. You remember that in radio? 1834. <laughs> wow. Right. Let's take a really look at our customers, break down really what are they saying, what are, what are they doing, and then let's build ads, let's build products around what they want, you know, similar to Netflix. You know, Netflix is so special because they have shows like Stranger Things and 13 Reasons, and a lot of these shows, they're not building out of thin air like Hollywood does. They're not guessing. Mm-hmm. They're looking at your past being behaviors and they're taking that data and they're building shows around that. So if they see the people like female leads that are in a city uh, that's done by certain actors, they will try to build a show around that. So really what this book is saying, I think what your customer is saying is that we're tired of boilerplate stuff. Right. We want things that are more in line with what we're, what we're saying. So I think as customers, as, as as business owners, we have to do it now. We have to look at the data, and the data should drive our marketing and branding decisions, not just us guessing what will work or just doing the same thing we always do. No, you you make a great segue too. So um, we we have a certain level of clientele that we'll we'll work with, you know. Um, and so when you ask them, you know, a lot of them they used to, they would they would think that. You can just have anyone just post to to your social media where they don't understand like, okay, it's not really posting. This is publishing, right? This is your Mm -hmm. little, this is your own space in the digital world. And every time we put something up, we're publishing on your behalf is what we're doing. So let's talk about like how it it really is a strategy for them to put a published post online versus like what you were saying, dovetailing just on what you were saying. This isn't something you can just throw it up and just say, okay, uh, I put things up on my, my Instagram or my Facebook. And now you have this expectation like, Oh, I want to grow my audience more. Right. Yeah. It can really come down to really learning your audience and learning what's worked. And like you said, it's not a set and forget it type thing. It's something it takes, it takes grooming and finding out what content, really resonates with your, with your user. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, one part of social media is that everybody is trying to be sustained, in a sense. And I think that's being lost. Like, it's okay to be unique. And if we're serious about it, I don't want a million followers if they are all high school students. Yeah. I'd rather have 500 followers that are decision makers, that are meeting plans in my industry. Right, right. they mean so much more than that, that 100,000. Um, so I think it really comes down, down to that, not being everybody. And I think a big aspect of social media is storytelling. So I think a brand first has to tap into what is their story. 
what makes you unique, what makes you different in the industry. And you have to marry that with your customers and bring that story out. Mm -hmm. So myself, you know, social media, I talk about uh, my story as an entrepreneur. I talk about public speaking. I talk about branding and marketing. Those are, those are my lanes. Yeah. I'm not trying to get everybody. And I read a quote a few weeks ago and it said, in order to, to expand your reach, narrow your focus. So a problem that people have social media, they have digital marketing. If they're trying to get everybody, we want everybody to come and you can't do that. You have to focus down on who you want. You have to have a smaller focus because once again, like I said, when you're everybody, you're talking to nobody. But when you're having those individual conversations with with your customers, that's when it happens. So I really say just stop just trying to be like everybody. Stop chasing fans, stop chasing followers, really learn your story. Really learn, um, you know, what makes you unique and find ways to bring that out. I agree with you, man. I live by this, uh, something that I heard from a guy by the name of Jim Doyle. He said, when you try and be all things to all people, you wind up being nothing to no one. And, right. and, and, I, and I love that and I, and I live by that. And it's like really like not everyone is good for you. Not, not every audience is the audience you need, right? Um, so I, I definitely agree with you 100%. Has there ever been a time where you did a campaign or you started a campaign, Sterling, and you failed? And when you did fail, how did you learn from it and how did you move forward? Yeah, um, always with learning experiences, especially early on in my career. So I remember I had my uh, one of my first uh, pay-per-click campaigns I, I was managing, um, and the budget was probably about 30000 a month. And, you know, at that time, as a young pay-per-click manager, that was a, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but you know, I didn't learn uh, AdWords properly. I had some of the wrong settings in place, and you know, I came back one day and we ran through thousands and thousands in one day. Wow. And I was like, wow, that was supposed to stretch across thirty days. <laughs> so you know, I had to look at the data. I had to scale back. I had to put limits on. Hey, we're only going to spend X amount per day. We're not going to run twenty four hours. We're going to run from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. And you know, I looked at my geography. You know, we, we shouldn't be trying to uh, reach everybody in the state. Let's yep. choose certain cities and pockets that make, make sense for us. So I think one of the mistakes that people are making digital marketing is just getting started. Yes. Just saying, hey, I should get on Facebook. And they, they get a business manager account and they start clicking demographics and putting in stuff and targeting. I think people need to step back first, yeah. sit down, do that, do that planning, do that uh, research first. So then when you come to the platform, you already know what you want to do. Exactly. You're not, you know, guessing about who you should target, what you should just say. So in advance, you know, I think your, your, your copy and the research of your audience should be done in advance. It shouldn't be in platform when you're doing that. So I think for me, just research advanced about who is my true demographic, who am I really targeting? Instead of trying to get in the platform and kind of plan as you go. I, um, We've adopted two things, and we and I and I here's what I tell our team: the client pays us for two things. They pay us for strategy, and they pay us for execution, right? And right. a lot of what you just said goes into the strategy part of things, where you do that homework, you do the prep work before you even launch a campaign, and then once you right. launch and you're managing, now you're in the execution end of things, right? That's what right. they they pay us for. And I do you exactly. believe that some agencies um, that they make it hard. And and what I mean by that, by them making yeah. it hard, do some agencies make it hard because 
they don't showcase the work that goes into it or or tell a client up front, like, this isn't going to be all rainbows and unicorns. We're going to have to work for this. Right. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, going back to client, client management and onboarding. And, you know, I learned my, from working with myself and with companies that onboarding phase is very important. Mm. That's where you set expectations. That's where you tell them, hey, this may happen. If it does, this is what we're going to do. So I think it's very important to have those real conversations up front. And what you don't want is a client to come back after that first, you know, KPI meeting, say, hey, I thought we were going to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you're saying, no, no, that's not how it works. You know, the client feels duped in. So I think being honest and being transparent uh, up front is, uh, is really important with, with your clients and letting them know, you know, what's going to happen. And once again, it's, it's a learning process. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing research, we're doing things, but sometimes you don't know until you hit start. And then you can kind of, you know, um, manage it as you go. So I think really just setting expectations is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's always best for clients. Just let them know what's going to happen, you know, up front. And I would say, too, just being in constant communication. Absolutely. You know, letting them know constantly what's going on and, you know, hey, we're not going to change this um, 50 rate or we're not going to change this big every day. No, we're going to sit back and watch things happen and watch things for themselves. But, yeah, just setting expectations, I think, are, are really huge. I mean, you don't want to sell fool's gold. And, you know, I think about digital and I think about radio, mm-hmm. and they're very similar. Yeah. So by the time I got into radio, radio had been around for years. And I found that a lot of customers have built up this resistance to radio. So as soon as you come on the phone, hey, Sterling and Kelly from whatever, XYZ 600, click, hang up. Wow. Right away, they don't want to talk to you. Why? Because there was somebody that sold them a package. Instead from, of a plan. A, yeah. <laughs> from 6A to 9A, they had all these demographics. They had all the stats about how far the cinema reaches and about how many people listen to our radio station? Yeah. You know, both pay demographics. Told them, hey, pay this money, run your ad in the morning, afternoon, and XYZ is going to happen. And then guess what? It didn't happen. Yep. And it happens again and again, and customers build up a tolerance to that. And I feel some way that happens in digital, because digital is this new thing. It's not really tangible. It's kind of just on our computers, on our phones. They don't understand people really it. Clients sell. don't understand it. Exactly. Yep. Nobody, nobody really understands it. Yep. And my people sell this, these numbers that really aren't backed up. And like I said earlier, I think that digital has some of the same um, standards and some of the same practice that you have in traditional media. You know, don't say, hey, you're going to be like whoever, whatever brand of social media that have a million clicks the first day or if you're doing e-commerce. Yeah, you see the stories about companies making, you know, 100000 on their launch, but not always true. You might have to grow and learn. So I think really setting those standards. I think something happening now that people only take like the the most outrageous digital media stories and expect them to be like that. So they yeah. hear about the guy who has three million followers. They hear about the guy who has, you know, twenty thousand views on YouTube per video. Um, and they expect that to, to be theirs and they they're shooting for that. And Going back to what I said, oh, that's not really the goal. Mm-hmm. But at least once again, just setting client expectations, making sure they understand how, how things work, and knowing that hey, just because you pay this money, 
and putting dads on is not going to happen just like that. And if it does, that's great. We'll take credit for it, but yeah. it always doesn't happen in that way. Man, you know, Sterling, you and I, man, we, we need to talk a lot more offline about a lot of these things. <laughs> I think we face some of the same issues. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take our final break, and we're going to come back yeah. with something that we call the lightning round. Wow, that's new. That's new. So and in the lightning round, when we come back, we're going to discuss those different mediums. We're going to talk about radio and TV, newspaper. And I'd like to get you to give me con- some concise answers like how you feel about each of those mediums. Is that cool? Okay. All right. Great. We're going to go to Sounds break good. and come back with the lightning round. This is the AdCast. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative. Change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting WeCraftCreative.com. You're listening to The AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. I want to welcome everyone back. I have had an incredible time talking to Mr. Sterling McKinley. Uh, A lot of great things going on in this young gentleman's life. Uh, welcoming his first child, running a successful firm. He's out in the D.C. area, and we'll definitely put some cliff notes uh, when we post this online. Uh, but now, you know, I want us to talk about uh, the different mediums. Uh, this is our lightning round, and I'm going to ask you. That's new. That's new. All that sound effects is new. I like it. So I'm going to ask you about uh, different mediums. Uh, and I right. think the first one, let's go into one that you and I are very familiar with. Um, right. Give me your thoughts on radio. Yeah, I think radio still has its place. I don't feel like it's a dead medium, but once again, it has a place in a larger uh, branding and marketing conversation. You know, I remember in my days of radio, you would sell it as, "Hey, this is the latest, greatest." That somebody will call your phone as soon as they hear this uh, this ad. Wow! And that's not how it works. So I right. yeah. view radio more as a branding thing. It's something that you're hearing in the background that's going along what you see online, what you see on TV. And eventually, you know, that kind of plays a part in helping you lead up to making that sale and making that purchase. How about television? Television. Yeah, television is, is, is very powerful, you know. Um, I think television in some ways has spoiled marketers in the past because it's pretty simple. You bought ads on TV, you ran some commercials or program, you have some nice production and it really sells. It really sold, but... I feel like TV now is kind of changing. You know, we think about core cutting, we think about streaming TV. It's kind of changing now. And, you know, one thing I have about, uh, I guess TV, I'll say that first. TV still works. Once again, TV can be very expensive and costly to produce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, commercials and so on and have an air run. So once again, TV has its place, but I believe TV should be a part of an overall marketing uh, campaign. It shouldn't be the, in all be all. I know lawyers love love TV, love doing that, and that's great. Yeah. But once again, TV, I feel I like should lead to something. It should be a part, you know, of a bigger uh, conversation. Um, and as far as streaming TV, I think that has a lot of promise now. You know, I, I think in the early days of streaming TV, you know, it'll be a commercial, and it'll be the same four blocks of commercials for every single oh, yeah. uh, commercial break. Oh yeah. Uh, now it's kind of changing some. It's getting a, a little better. 
but once again, TV is changing and, you know, TV, radio, and some of these technologies, mediums, are what we call, you know, push mediums. They tell you when they're on. We're on at 6, we're on at 7. They hear the show, tune in at 7 in the morning. And in a sense, that's kind of old mediums. Now we're kind of in this pull stage. You know, and pull mediums are stuff like social media, the internet. There's no set schedule. That your user is yep. now making up their own schedule. You think about uh, streaming TV. Now the person chooses when they do that program, when they see that. So once again, I think TV is going through a transition on uh, this new phase of TV where it's more heavily going to rely on, on streaming programs. Uh, yes, right. Prime time is now your time. It's not their time anymore. So now how about newspaper? How do you feel about newspaper? <laughs> newspaper, yeah. Be newspaper, nice. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think newspaper still has a place. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's tough now because, you know, news or internet is free. It's instant. I mean, the time you print something is it, out of date. The story has changed. So, once again, I, I think papers still uh, connect with a certain demographic. Uh, sometimes the, the reporting you see in newspapers is sometimes better than what you're getting on I, TV. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, TV uh, and other sources. Though I feel like it still has its place, but, you know, it's being condensed. And, you know, I think it's about the consumer. The consumer is saying, right now, you know what? We're valuing the paper a little less. So you're seeing the paper industry shrink for a reason. Will it ever go away totally? I don't think so. I mean, there's nothing like holding something in your hand, whether it's a book or a paper. But once again, I think papers are still trying to uh, adapt to the internet. You know, a lot of papers now have these paywalls. So you see a link on social media, you click it, you go to the site, and it says, great. Now I pay $3 to read this ad. Wow. Read re- yep. re- the, the story. Personally, I hate it. So I don't know how they're going to figure out how to make it work, but yeah, paper's in a, in a funny place now. It has its place, but it's definitely not what it used to be. How about outdoor advertising, billboards? Yeah, billboards. Once again, billboards are branding. I find, once again, me seeing a message over and over again. I think about I think about Geico. When I think about branding, I think about Geico. They're putting out short 15-second commercials. They're putting up billboards. They're just constantly having their name in your head. So, you know, that's how I approach billboards. But once again... You know, I'm not going to stop and write down that number on the billboard. Right. If if the website is catchy, the name is catchy, I may remember that. But once again, hopefully that billboard is in place with a TV ad or a radio ad or an online ad as well. So once again, I think outdoor ads is place. But once again, it has to be big of a part of a bigger campaign. And if you think about billboard, it's great, but it's standing right there all day they're the same people. It can't move. It can't shift. Mm-hmm. I know some now they have digital um, boards that kind of change placements. Yeah. But those are not everywhere yet. So once again, it has its place. Um, but once again, it, I feel it's more of a branding medium more than like something like um, the internet is. How about social media and social media advertising? Yeah. I think that now is a great place for expansion. You know, I tell all my customers, clients, the cost now, it's phenomenal. I mean, what is the cost now of a prime time ad, you know, drive time in the morning for a radio station? Uh, you, you figure a hundred dollars, a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and, and you reach less than 25 to 30, less than 30,000 people. Right. Yep. And sometimes it's more than that. You know, yep. I, I work for a country station as well. And in the morning, a spot for 30 seconds could be 
three, four hundred dollars. It, yeah. it, it was oh, crazy. Yeah. Depending on where you are, what market you're in. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, social media allows us to target exactly who you want. So one, the costs are lower, and then secondly, we can target exactly who we want. If we can target somebody where they're already spending time doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, people, yes, they're in their car still, but you're kind of distracted. You're driving, but you know, social media advertising allows you to hit somebody right where they're at. So I think the cost benefit is is phenomenal. I mean, if you want to write an ad, you can bank fifteen cents a click, ten cents a click. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't beat that stuff, right? Um, and then once again, the targeting, and not even that. That unlike TV, unlike radio, the paper, social media is direct response. I can hit that link on Instagram, and I can sign up to a newsletter. You can sell me. I can sign up now. I can go to Amazon. I can buy that product. You know. So it's obviously a little different. It's more of a direct response medium. Um, but yeah, I don't feel enough companies are taking advantage of social media advertising because at least right now, it's a great time to be there. And the prices that you're going to pay are, are phenomenal. I agree. Now, our final, uh, how about Google ads? Google ads. Yeah. Google ads, I mean, they work. People always say, oh, do they work? Well, that's how Google makes a lot of their money. Oh, yeah. Do AdWords. So um, they work. Once again, I would say anybody be careful because, you know, it can get very expensive. If you're a lawyer, ninety, hundred dollars a click, depending where you're at, it can be that. You know, so um, I think on Google, you want to be very focused on what you do. You know, I always say if I'm going to a site for hamburgers, if I see an ad for hamburgers, I don't want to come to a site for hot dogs. So making sure that your landing page, your call to action is very strong. Um, and once again, I mean, right now, People love real estate, but the most valuable real estate now is being on Google. So depending on what your industry is, what you're selling, that number one spot means a lot. So, you know, it is something looking to for your brand. But I say once again, you know, don't, if you're a lawyer, don't bid on the keyword lawyer. You're going to get everything. You're yeah. going to pay a lot for that keyword. You're going to get people that are just browsing. But be targeted in what you want. Once again, everybody's trying to go wide, but you need to go narrow. And I think, you know, um, Advertising and Google can be very beneficial. When you go narrow, you have a good target and you have a good landing page that's going to revert to a sell or to a phone call. Yeah, and you don't need the huge spend if you're going narrow. You, you can actually you can actually really focus your dollars. Uh, Mr. Right. Sterling McKinley, this has been uh, a, a great episode and I've enjoyed talking to you so much and having this good conversation. And I hope we do stay in touch. And uh, yeah. I'd like you to kind of just tell our audience about your book. Tell them about finding you in the book and how they could find you. Right. Uh, once again, the book is called uh, Being Really Branding. Uh, and the book's all about your customers. It's about how you can uh, use the analytics. You can use data, AI, to really find out what your customer wants. And now you can stop guessing. You can build products, services, as around what your customer wants. And I believe, once again, once you know what they want, you're not selling, you're recommending. And people feel like they've discovered something that matches their needs and their wants. So, you know, once again, we're in a new era. The days are just boilerplate stuff, billboards that don't change, you know, just having uh, the first name and last name and email mm-hmm. is not personal anymore. It, it, it's spammy right now. So we have to go deeper to get a true understanding of what customers are. We have to build that one-on-one relationship. Uh, once again, to find me, uh, the book's available on Amazon. If you just go in and you type in uh, Bingeworthy Brand, you can find the book. Uh, myself, I'm on uh, a lot of platforms. If you go to Instagram, 
Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, type in Sterling McKinley, uh, you see my page. And once again, uh, if you follow me, send me a question, I'll, I'll get back to you. Awesome. It has definitely been great. Uh, for those who are listening, we want to thank you so much for giving us your most valuable asset, which is the time that you have. And if you feel this podcast has been a great use for you and great information, please like it, share it, and tell your friends about it. I want to thank our guest again, Mr. Sterling McKinley. And Sterling, congratulations to you and your lovely wife on uh, the addition to your family. This has been the AdCast. Thank you. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising, produced by Craft Creative. For premium video production and graphic design, visit WeCraftCreative.com.